The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. What's up, everybody? It's Sam Jesse. I'm here with Jesse Coger from PlantTheSpear.com, covering everything Florida State Seminoles. Jesse, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. Just really busy lately and and uh, excited for this weekend, man. It's going to be a fun game, fun atmosphere, sold out crowd. And, and these are really two brands that I'm excited to see. So I, I think they don't play enough. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm excited to finally get a game against Virginia Tech and you know, I don't know what's going to happen in the ACC, but in the future, but I really want to go to a game in Lane Stadium. So, yeah, man, just excited to be here with you. You know, I think these are two brands of for not only football, but the other sports where I feel like they haven't played a whole lot. Like, and, and, and Florida State being one of the original ACC teams, you kind of wanted to play them, especially as one of the biggest football brands in the conference. Virginia Tech, Florida State. They've played in an ACC championship game. They've obviously played in the national title game in 2000, but I, I haven't played as much as I think both fan bases would have liked. So it's always nice to get the Knolls on the schedule this season. Seminoles are pretty good, pretty yeah. good. I, uh, I I picked them to make the college football playoff in the preseason. Uh, looking pretty good right now, but we'll see what happens Saturday. We'll get to the game later on. The purpose of this show is to get to know a little bit more about the fans of that school. And Jesse certainly is one of them. So I guess I just want to ask you first, what's your connection to Florida State? And you know, how is that materialized into you covering the team like you do now? So it goes back a long way to when, uh, I don't know how many people are familiar. Most people do know about Mike Martin, our famous baseball coach who just mm-hmm. recently retired. Uh, my brother grew up as a big baseball player and would go to baseball camp, Mike Martin baseball camp. And I was too young at the time. I was probably eight or 10 years old and it's right next to the football stadium. So my dad would kind of drop him off there and then we would go look at the stadium. And I mean, it, you know, when you're a, a 10, 12 year old kid and you see you go to a game and you see this big stadium and the the just the, the war chant and Osceola and Renegade and all those things like I mean, you're instantly hooked and. and I even tell a lot of people where it's like, even if you don't like Florida State, most people that when I talk to after they go to a game, they're like, okay, it is pretty cool. Uh, So it's just, it's been a lifelong thing. I've really been, I've never, I don't believe in second favorite teams. I've never been like, this is my other team. I've always been Florida State. And so it's just been a lifelong love. I've had the opportunity to meet Bobby Bowden. Um, in the past, which was really awesome. I got to go to the national championship game in Pasadena in 2014. So I've just, I've, I've loved the school for as long as I can remember. And then as far as covering it, it really, it just, it's something that I talked about for a long time. And then I moved away from home and I moved away from all my football friends. And my wife, she, I think she just got tired of hearing me talk to her about Florida State because she's a Georgia fan. So she really doesn't care. 
And then uh, the funny story behind it really was I had a, a cable guy come out one day and he was a Clemson fan because I live in South Carolina. And we talked for probably an hour about football on, on the front porch before we even got to work. And she's like, what are you waiting on? Just start it. And so then next thing you know, there's plant the spear. That's awesome. I, I do have to ask, are you looking forward to Florida State, Georgia in the playoffs potentially? Man, or are you trying me- to avoid that at all costs? You know, well, it's funny because we actually do have a home and home scheduled in 27 and 28. Now, a lot of people don't think that's going to happen if the SEC goes to nine conference games or whatnot. But I always joke, we did play one time in the Sugar Bowl, I believe it was, way back in the day. And Florida State, they had Anquan Bolden playing quarterback because of some suspension. So we didn't win that game. But I've always joked that I wish we played Georgia more because all my friends are my all my friends are Georgia fans. My family are Georgia fans. I'm married to a Georgia fan. And I'm like, I wish we played more often for some bragging rights, but that's probably the reason the relationships are still around because we don't play. So if we do end up meeting in the playoffs, it's going to be good or bad either way because I'm either going to get a lot of bragging rights or I'm going to have to like log off social media and shut my phone off for a couple of weeks because, man, Georgia fans are, they're intense. They're something. They're something. They'll start barking at you. My brother barks at me every time he calls me. <laughs> I can't make fun of that. I'm also a Cleveland Browns fan, so uh, we got, got some you. bark in us too. Yeah, that's it's it's great. It's great to you know meet people who are so invested in it and like they love it so much and everything around it. And, and Florida State is one of those programs that has that aura around it. Like when Florida State is good, it it's something different. And I know friends of mine who went to the last game that Virginia Tech played in Tallahassee and said that was one of the coolest atmospheres that they had ever been a part of. So uh, Doe Campbell Stadium, definitely on, on one of the bucket list college football stadiums. Let's talk a little bit more about some of the traditions around this program. It is a very, uh, a program steeped in tradition. Obviously, Chief Osceola and Renegade, a, a quick question. Is it the best idea to take a flaming spear and put it on the grass field? Uh, to start I think so. I think so. Uh, you know, I think it's just it's awesome and it's unique. Yes. And I think it's what makes Florida State special. And, you know, a lot of people will talk about mascots and Florida State actually does not have a mascot. It is not considered a mascot, obviously. Um, it's just a representation of the Seminole tribe. And I think it is it is fun. You know, the flaming spear and I actually don't have it in uh, behind me. But I do have a replica spear that I have here, um, and and they do make a flaming attachment for it. But it's really cool, and, and I like when they sometimes they get to take it uh, with them on the road and, and things like that. But yeah, man, it's it might be a little sketchy doing it on on a grass field, but so far no incidents. So it's it's cool to see. I do I do think it's one of the cooler um, spectacles of traditions. You know, I think of you know Ralphie running for Colorado and stuff like that, where it's it's enter sandman's fun because it's you're screaming and you're yelling and there's so much energy around it but it's not really like the view and i think with like ralphie running on the field planning the spear ohio state's band dotting the eye is really cool i if you've never seen that it, it's it's pretty cool i just think it's one of those so college football things like it that only makes sense in the context of college football yeah, and I, you know, I think it's interesting when people talk about the ACC. It's pretty cool that really you have three, maybe you know, three of the top probably ten entrances in college football with Inner Sandman, 
And, you know, I've long said that Lane Stadium is on my college football bucket list as well. I really want to go to a game up there. You know, what Clemson does running down the hill and with Florida State, you got some really good traditions in the ACC. But, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's when you have that part and then you have the war chant, obviously, that gets the crowd into it as well. So you kind of get that participation like you were talking about uh, with Inner Sandman as well. But it is just it's I like the representation that it not only represents something for the Seminole tribe of Florida who does endorse the whole thing. Cause you know, it's it, there for a while it was a topic of controversy, mm-hmm. um, but they have, they do include them in, in everything. So it is, uh, you know, above board there, but yeah, man, it's, it's fun. Like I always tell people, if you've never been to a game, like it's, it's a really neat atmosphere. And I've, there's a guy, you know, some people that cover Florida state that are alumni from other places and, and they even go to games and they're like, it's just not, it's just not quite the same. But yeah, it's one of the it's one like you said, it's one of the greatest things in college football, and it's what makes it different from the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a huge NFL guy, but man, I love college football for the traditions, for the crowd aspect. It's just so much fun. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, all right, we'll go to our next little bit, which is say something nice about the opponent. I'll say something nice about Florida State. My number one thing I have for Florida State is I think they're the best helmets in college football. Yeah, that's that is uh we've been voted that a few times. And they did switch them up a little bit recently uh, with some updated designs. You know, everything kind of got updated. And thankfully, mm-hmm. with the new uniform update, we're back to more traditional uniforms. But, yeah, it's one of the most iconic ones, obviously, up there with Michigan, Notre Dame, and things like that. Uh, so, yeah, the helmet is it is iconic, and I think it's one of the best ones in college football. Well, you mentioned Notre Dame. My beef with Notre Dame is the hel- the gold on the helmets and the gold on the pants don't match at all. And it's <laughs> yeah. awful to look at. Florida State does it right. It's the same color gold on the pants and the helmet looks much better. Yeah, and we had to go through a little bit of correction there. Uh, When they first debuted the uniforms in 2014, when we played Oklahoma State to open the season, the face mask was a little purple. And so they had to get that right. But once they got the colors right, I I really do think it's – I wasn't a huge fan of the 2014 to 2022 uniforms. I like the old school throwbacks. But I think the ones, the version that they have now, I'm a huge fan of. I think it looks more like the original uniforms. And, you know, to say something nice about Virginia Tech, like I just you guys have an awesome game day atmosphere and you really do have some of the best fans and the most awesome fan base that I've met. I I will say selling out that game against Pitt last week after what starting four and 11 under Brent Pry, you have the corners filled in Lane Stadium. For that game against a bad Pittsburgh team. Um, and everyone is wearing white when no one really ever wears white to a Virginia Tech game ever. And they just decided to make white out a thing. Um, yeah, it's really, I think it speaks to how passionate the fan base is and, and how much of a uh, almost a pilgrimage game day to Blacksburg is, maybe more than just the actual game. It's, it's more about going to Blacksburg and, and tailgating and seeing people and stuff like that. Uh, let's Let's get a little bit more into on the field stuff with Florida State. Florida State has had a illustrious history, especially in the last two and a half, three decades of college football and a lot of great players. Who is your favorite Florida State Seminole? Yeah, and I do think when you talk about the success that they've had, people do have to remember Florida State is one of the youngest Power 5 programs in the country. They have not been around that long So the success that they have had has been impressive for the short amount of time that they've actually been playing football, comparatively speaking. 
of course, you got to stretch back to guys like Marvin Jones. And, you know, I know it's a hot topic now, but Deion Sanders and, mm-hmm. and all that. But I'm only 35 years old. So I came up more in the modern era of Florida State. And for me personally, I think it was Jameis Winston is my favorite Florida State player. And the reason I say it now, I really love Jordan Travis nowadays. And of course, Keon Coleman. With the, but if you're stretching back a little bit, I think it's Jameis Winston. Uh, because, you know, you either loved him or you hated him. And if you were an FSU fan, you died defending him. Uh, but just the fact that he, because of the play that they had while he was here, I was able to watch FSU win a national championship in person. And so really just, I think it's got to be Jameis because he was just a bigger than bigger than life personality. Yeah, and I think that's carried with him to the NFL where people people love his personality. Maybe more than his play on the field hasn't really been exactly what people thought it could be in the NFL, but like Jameis, the person, is someone that is pretty easy to to root for, to watch. Uh, definitely some comedic relief on Sunday afternoon. Oh, man. He's hilarious. Absolutely. Yeah. So of all these traditions, we got we talked about Chief Osceola and Renegade. Renegade's the horse, by the way. Uh, other than those, we have that war chant. That's all put on TV. It's like Enter Sandman. Like it's kind of put in your face. What is a tradition or a piece of history that is really kind of just special to Florida State fans that the national college football fan base might not know about? I think one of the coolest ones that they have that really a lot of people don't know about and it's got a little bit more popularity is the sod cemetery i think it's a really neat tradition so anytime florida state is a road dog or they play florida miami in the rivalry games or the acc championship or a bowl game if they win as a road dog or in any of those games they do take a little piece of sod from the opponent's field you know obviously they have permission they let them know ahead of time and then they actually put it in a little small coffin and they have a whole ceremony and they bury it and they have a bunch of them out there, you know, not to th- throw shade, but Clemson actually copied this. They have a sod cemetery now, uh, but we had the original idea. So to me, that's the one that I think is just neat and it's cool. And if you ever hear Florida State talk about this is a sod game, that's what they're talking about. The the cemetery for Virginia Tech games is in the window of a small restaurant called Suvlaki which is like a, a little Greek, like Euro and Suvlaki place right next to campus. And they have a little window that has a graveyard that they set up each season. And if you win the game, they'll put the winning score there. And um, if you lose, they'll like bury it up and they'll have a little note about what happened in the game, why the team lost, stuff like that. So uh, there's a, it's a miniature version of the, of the cemetery. But yes, uh, yeah. Saad Cemetery, another thing that only really makes sense in the context of college football. Oh, 100%. 100%. So this year's team obviously comes in with a ton of hype, and rightfully so. You got you know NFL talent all over the place. Um, Jared Verse comes back at defensive end, Jordan Travis at quarterback. You know, it's you get Keon Coleman now, the transfer portal. Is this season going as you've expected so far? Because there was the scare in Chestnut Hill against Boston College. I have to say... Yes and no, because they have not really played well yet. And that is kind of something we didn't expect. The offense we thought would be really high powered. The defense we thought would be not great, but really good. And they've not really played but one good half of football. And that was the second half of the LSU game. But they made it to the bye week 4-0, which included obviously a blowout win over LSU. And then they beat Clemson in Death Valley, which they had not done since 2013. So, It's kind of exciting to 
like they've won the games that we expected them to win. I thought they would win against LSU and, and the other teams. And as far as the BC game goes, that was obviously the one that sticks out like a sore thumb. It was very close. A lot of people don't know this, but a majority of the team, and Mike Norvell actually talked about this this week in a press conference, they had the flu in that game. So you could tell they were flat, they were uninspired, and that was a little bit of a scare. But I think with with this team, they have yet to live up to their potential for four quarters in an entire game, but they're still undefeated. And I think that's really what speaks to the improvement that we've seen. And hopefully with the bye week, they can get healthy. Last year coming out of the bye week, they won their next four games. I think it was 173 to 39 combined score. So hopefully, I mean, no offense because you guys are on the other side of the bye week, but hopefully they come out and, and we see the improvement in some of the areas that have lacked, which is basically your rushing offense and your passing defense are the two areas they need to improve on. Another thing with Florida State football is over the past, I don't know, for, for a while actually, been known to have some real stinker games, not like winning barely at Boston College, like losing to Jacksonville State, you know, struggling against Samford, something like that. You, you've kind of avoided that a little bit, but is there still that fear in the Florida State fan base of like, even this game that looks really easy, we've seen that story before? I do think, I do think that is the case. And man, I was literally sitting in row one behind Jacksonville State's bench when that for that game. It was just, it was terrible. But, you know, when I did my preseason prediction, I was like, okay, I really want to predict them to go 12-0 and undefeated because I feel like they can do it. But there was just that kind of little devil on your shoulder like, yeah, man, this is the same team that started 0-4 two years ago and went 5-7. and And I think that what people really have to realize when you talk about that down period for Florida State, I think a lot of it was it needed a total rebuild and, you know, things didn't go great under Taggart. Then you bring in Mike Norvell in the COVID year, which was a really hard challenge to be in year one. But now I think you've seen the culture get flipped. The talent level has increased and the level of coaching that they're getting is a lot better. So the Boston college game obviously gave us more of a scare than I thought. So honestly, I feel like any game can be close. I mean, we're on a three game losing streak to wake forest. So there's still that aspect, but I think Florida State is a different team than we've seen in the past. Yeah, and I, I ask that because as we get into this matchup, uh, it's look, I'll, I'll just be point blank. Like, I don't think there's anybody in Orange and Maroon expecting the Hokies to win this game. It's a 25 point spread. I, I think that's the the taking off the Orange and Maroon glasses, putting the gambler glasses on. I think it's a little bit big for a team yeah. in Virginia Tech that likes to play close games. They like to find themselves in close games. So um, take that as you will. But, I mean, at the minimum, a 17, 18-point spread, something like that. So, you know, not saying the Hokies will win this game. But in the scheme of college football, this is one of those spots where a heavy favorite coming off of a sleepy win and then a bye week, playing a team that's find, found a little bit of mojo, this is kind of one of those spots in college football where crazy stuff can happen. And I think Florida State, it, it, I hope I'm not projecting too much, but I think Florida State fans would be like, we've seen this movie before. Yeah. And, you know, I think when you look at Virginia Tech's last win, I think it was almost good for both teams because I think now Florida State's probably like, we better pay attention because, you know, they, they got that win. And I think that win was really big for Virginia Tech, just for their confidence going yeah. forward. I would I would say in terms of fan base 
morale, one of the biggest wins in my lifetime for Virginia yeah. Tech. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, and like I know Pitt's not great, but sometimes no, they're, bad. they're bad, right? And but you know <laughs> when when I wrote a, a guest column for a blog this week, that one of the questions was, "How do you feel about Virginia Tech as a program?" And I said, "Man, Virginia Tech has so much potential." They just need a spark of success to really reignite that program. And, I, you know, I wrote a little personal message at the end to the fans. I was like, look, man, I I have sat in Dope Campbell Stadium and watched Florida State lose its first game to an FCS opponent in program history. I was like, Saturdays were not fun, but you never know how fast things can turn around. Now, just two years later, we're 4-0 and in the top five. So I do think that this is – I think the, the pit game – will make Florida State pay a little bit more attention. And then you also had the BC game. So I think if it, with that close call, I think, you know, the narrative, we obviously saw them beat Clemson and then fall in the rankings for the second straight, straight week in a row. I think they do hear the noise a little bit. So I think they're going to be motivated to come out and win a game with some style points. But, you know, I mean, like you said, you never know on a Saturday. And, and if to be honest, if this game was in Lane Stadium at night, I think it would be a little bit different. I think getting them at home because Chiron drones is, could be a game changer for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you, you talked about things can change. What I tell people all the time is, you know, Washington was zero and 12, five years later, they won 10 games, eight years later, they won 12 games and were in the college football playoff. Things can happen really quickly in college football, especially with the transfer portal. Like it is, mm -hmm. you can really change the outcome of your program almost overnight now. And Florida state is a perfect example of that. Colorado is another example of that. And, you know, my message to the fans was like, just keep the faith, man, because you never know. And of course I actually wrote that before the pit game, but that's the type of win that Brent Pry and the staff, they can build off of that. Look what we were able to do. And, you know, you guys found a quarterback and that's really something that can, that can change. And that's one of the biggest concerning matchups for me in this game is Florida State struggles against mobile quarterbacks and he looks legit. Yeah, it's, you know, for Virginia Tech, I, I don't think they can run him 20 plus times a game, but if you can figure out a way to to kind of get him out of the pocket, don't rely on this offensive line that, that quite frankly just hasn't been very good, you know, there there are building blocks to the program. There are building blocks to get this season back on track. But you got to get healthy. You got to have guys play well. Guys got to know their assignments, things like that. That uh, things that I think most Virginia Tech fans would have wanted to begin year two under Brent Pry that they didn't really get. We'll see if that can get better during the season. But it's a very young team, a team that will bring back. I believe I heard on the uh, on the Tech Sideline podcast they said that almost. Every player on the offense that took a snap against Pittsburgh is eligible to come back next year. Um, so that is there. There's that going on. Yeah, and that's big. And now with NIL too, like you can actually talk a lot of these players into staying another year. That's something we saw that happened this year with Florida State. And yeah, I mean, when you look at Mike Norvell, year one, three and nine, year two, five and seven, everybody was like he's on the hot seat. But sometimes you just have to stay the course. I think when you get in that perpetual coaching change you lose a lot of your recruiting momentum and things like that so i think it's just really kind of sticking with somebody now that doesn't mean everybody's going to work out but if you just give people everybody wants overnight success and sometimes when you give 
people time to establish a culture and to get those recruiting relationships, you never know what can happen. I mean, it could just take one or two guys in the portal. I mean, I know, unfortunately, for Virginia Tech, he's been injured now, and I believe he's out for the season. But like Ollie Jennings, Mm -hmm. you know, a receiver like that, I know it didn't work out injury-wise, but you get one or two guys like that to change your offense or defense, and you can be talking about a different program. I really do – I looked at Virginia Tech's schedule going forward – you know, maybe not this week, but if if they play like they did against Pitt, they got some really winnable games going forward. Mm-hmm. Yep, a lot of winnable games. I think six and six is still in the cards. Definitely. Um, yeah, but uh, unfortunately for Virginia Tech this weekend, uh, culture and potential doesn't block Jared Verse. Yeah, uh, yeah. So they're they're going to have to deal with that. Let's get into some real quick as we ended up some game predictions. How do you feel? confidence wise about this weekend and do you have a score in your mind or what are you looking for from the florida state team as well so really what i'm looking for overall is florida state to come out and play a complete game for four quarters they've really kind of struggled in the first half slow starts but the second half they really come on strong they held lsu and clemson to only seven points in the second half both of those games so really just kind of having that complete four quarter game as far as like really the way I see this one going, you know, we had talked, I, I had asked, actually asked you yesterday uh, a couple of things, strong strengths and weaknesses about Virginia Tech. And when you say the offensive line is their biggest struggle, and boy, do we know about offensive line problems at FSU, <laughs> yeah. uh, which yeah. is really, honestly, that's been the single biggest factor of turning around Florida State is the offensive line room. But Florida State's biggest strength, I'd say this year, outside of wide receiver, is their defensive line. A lot of people know about Jared Verse. You also have Patrick Payton, mm-hmm. the other defensive end spot, ACC Defensive Rookie of the Year last year. Braden Fisk comes in from Western Michigan, is just an absolute uh, beast at the defensive tackle. Fabian Love, all those guys. They're deep and they're talented at the defensive line. So I feel like they have to control drones. They Now, the good thing is they have faced Jaden Daniels already. They've faced a uh, mobile quarterback at BC. So they have a little bit of experience there. I think they just need to win that line of scrimmage on offense against that defense i think they need to establish the run game you know virginia tech has struggled to stop the run this year we only run for 22 yards against clemson so they need to get the run game going uh but they got some offensive linemen back this week hopefully and you know our secondary is a little bit weak on defense so i could see maybe them doing some things there but really if they can just get the run game going and control drones i feel good about this game but you know, just knowing there's a couple of matchups there, like when you were, had said that the secondary was pretty locked down, um, I think a lot of that has to do with facing some of the not great passing offenses, which I did. Mm-hmm. I went back and looked it up because I was like, oh, this is concerning because you guys are top 10 in pass defense. Um, but then I looked it up and it was like, I think Purdue at 57th was the highest ranked passing offense and three of them were in the bottom 100. So I was like, OK, we'll mm-hmm. see because, you know, we can't run the ball very well. So I think you got to yeah. run the ball and control drones. For this one, I originally had it 45 to 10, but once I saw the game that he had against Pitt, I, I upped that. I changed the score prediction. I made it 45-17. I know that's not much better. Um, we'll take if, it. if it was in Lane Stadium at nighttime, I could see this one being maybe like 38-20 or something like that. I just think at home, sold-out crowd, coming off a of bye week, we were really banged up with tough games against LSU and Clemson to start with. I just think Florida State should be able to handle this. But Virginia Tech, you know, they got the confidence. They got a little bit of momentum coming uh, off that pit win. So I'm going to go with 45-17. It's a little bit over the spread. Uh, but, you know, you, like you said, you never know. And I will have, I do have to say, I think 
if you have a score like that, you're probably going to get into a little bit of garbage time. And Florida State's second string defense has been known to give up some points. So I could see it maybe getting a little bit closer to that towards the end of the game. Yeah, I think what Virginia Tech fans are looking for is uh, limit blown assignments and stay competitive. Because, look, there's uh, there's a clear size, speed, athleticism difference in this game. And that I think that'll become really apparent because Virginia Tech hasn't played a team this year that is significantly more athletic than they are. Uh, Pitt maybe a bit bigger, uh, Purdue as well, but not the athleticism. I think that'll show. Um, I, I do think there's a world where Jordan Travis doesn't play that much in the fourth quarter. If I was Norvell, I, I wouldn't play him much in the fourth quarter. You know, yeah. maybe Keon Coleman only runs five or six routes, and then you just kind of sit him down and tell him to support the team. So something, you know, 35-21 something around there. I, I think Virginia Tech's offense was kind of stuck at this 16, 17 points. I think they've kind of probably bumped that up by a possession at this point. But uh, offensively, what, what Florida State offers is uh, a significant upgrade compared to anything the Hokies will see at all this season. So uh, I think it'll be a comfortable win for Florida State, but I don't think the Hokies will be embarrassed on this one by any means. I, I don't think you'll be able to pick out this uh, this box score when you look down Florida State's schedule at the end of the year. Yeah, and you know the funny thing, a lot of people, because Jordan Travis, he's been really banged up. So the bye week came mm -hmm. at a perfect time. And a lot of people said, do you do you just sit him for this game? Do you not even play him at all? And I said, no, man, like I I'm okay with maybe the first half, but I don't think you can take any week off, especially when you saw what happens, happened against Boston College. The only thing I will say about this game, when you talk about how long does – Florida State keep their throwing punches in the fight. I do think Mike Norvell is a very in-tune, detail-oriented guy, and I think he hears a lot of the noise. I think when you see them dropping in the rankings for winning, I think he knows that they need to have kind of a statement game because if you come out and you have another close one against a team who – I mean, you know, it's not news to you guys. It's struggled this year. I Then, then like – Very well aware. <laughs> Right. And so, like, I, I think when you look at the end of the year, when you have a lot, this would be a great year for the 12-team playoff because you have a lot of teams mm -hmm. that there's really no juggernauts, but there's a lot of really good teams. You could be battling for a playoff spot. So I think that they need to win convincingly. So I do think he's been very aggressive this year because I think he knows he has a good team and he's trying to prove that point. So I think they may not call the dogs off really early. But I think if you're a Virginia Tech fan, you also have to think that Florida State has been really tight in the first halves with every team. So, you know, like like every football game says or coach says, if you can get the game to the fourth quarter, you never know what can happen. So I think you'll you'll really know a lot by halftime of this game. You'll know if, if Florida State's still in a tight game, you never know. But if it's something where they, they run away in the first half, then I think it'll play out like we kind of think. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see, dude. Uh, from, from my end, also, just hoping the Hokies stay healthy. They, they don't have the depth to afford too many injuries. But hoping for a good game, hoping for good weather. Um, and, you know, uh, some some fun times. I know some friends headed down to Tallahassee. I, I'm sure they'll have fun regardless of the outcome of the game. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think right now it's supposed to be sunny and about 84 degrees. I know it's not – Really, like I live in the Charlotte area and I got to turn the heater on in the morning because it's getting a little chilly up here. We're hitting the 50s. It's not quite that yet in Florida. 
Um, but it's still going to be a little bit warm, but it's going to be nice. And, and I know I'm supposed to meet up with those guys when they get down uh, to Tallahassee, and I know it's going to be a good time. It really is fun. It's a fun atmosphere. It's, it's like Virginia Tech. They take football seriously, and game days are awesome. And, you know, I don't know if they've ever been to Dote Campbell and, and been to the games. I don't think uh, – I don't think somehow – I don't think Billy has maybe – um, that's what he was saying earlier. So it's going to be it's going to be fun to experience. And, and I'm excited for them to get to see it. I'm, you know, I'm probably as excited for them to see it as I am to see it. Uh, so it, it's going to be a really good time and I'm excited for it. Awesome, man. Well, looking forward to it. Have a great West rest of your week. And uh, here's to hoping for an upset. <laughs> you know, I will say I was at the 2018 game. I was swag surfing in the crowd and all that stuff. It was a great time until kickoff. And then it was a really long road downhill. I think it's going to be a good game. I I have to say that like some of the Virginia uh, Virginia Tech players mocked the War Chan in 2018, so I'm kind of hoping this is a little bit of a revenge game for us. But there's not too much hanging around from 2018, so it's probably not on their minds. But like you said, I just hope for a clean game between two really uh, really good fan bases that really support their team, and I think it's going to be a really fun Saturday. Yeah, I'm